This is Jim Laws along with Nat Ayers, and we're delighted to be with you today on the Gospel is for All radio broadcast. This radio program over the Internet is brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. And it's always a privilege and a pleasure for us to be together. I hope that you'll take your Bible and follow along with us as we study from its pages today. In our Internet radio broadcast, we always follow the Bible. We always look to what the Bible has to say. Each of us have opinions on these great matters that we talk about, but really that doesn't get us anywhere. What we want is the truth of the matter, and the truth of the matter always comes from God's Word. And so this Internet Radio Bible study is one which examines great and important truths, but it also does it from the standpoint of what does God's Word say about it. Nat, today we continue our discussion about the theme, There's a Great Day Coming. And we started looking at Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 14. And if you have your Bible, you may read that Bible passage, passage as we have been discussing it for the last couple of days that we've been studying the Bible together. We've noticed a number of important matters. It's going to be a, a great day because it will come suddenly. Uh, no one really knows when the second coming of the Lord will be or when the end of time will be. One thing is sure and certain, and that is the Bible does talk about an end of time and the second coming of Christ, but it will have no warning. Uh, We looked at 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 5, and this is much of what those verses are saying. There will be scoffers coming in that day, and they will deny that anything's going to happen. But it will come suddenly, the Bible says, Matthew 25 and 36. Nobody knows when that day will take place. Uh, suddenly destruction comes upon the world. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3. And then the earth will be no more. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35. This once again is one of the concepts that's given to us in Second Peter 3 verse 10, which is part of the text that we have started with in our study and discussion about the end of time. And when you think about it, the end of time is always a big discussion. A lot of people get very interested in the end of time, especially around certain very big cataclysmic type events. For example, when we turned the century and we started the new century, everyone was concerned about the end of time. Or when you have a war, many people begin to think about the end of time, and they actually think, well, this is a sign of the end of times. But no one can really designate when the end of time will be. But the Bible makes very clear there will be an end of time. And so because of these interesting and important considerations, we turn once again to this subject. There's a great day coming. Nat, I'd like for us to read John chapter 5, and the verse is verse 28 and 29, which will be the beginning point of our Bible discussion today. And here it tells us that certain events will take place at the end of time. And one of the great events that will take place is the resurrection of the dead. Yes. In fact, we might even call it the great resurrection. So, yes. Nat, with uh, you, your Bible, why don't you read for us John five twenty-eight and 29, and I'll encourage all of our listening audience to do the same. Sure. It's good to be with you, Jim, and we uh, are encouraged by your listening uh, to our program, and we want to encourage you uh, to always uh, have your Bibles ready and be studiers of God's Word um, we grow closer to God every time we open His Word and, and uh, study it. 
So let's study it together. Uh, let's look at this passage in John five twenty-eight and 29. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, Jim, this is a uh, an idea or a thought that you see uh, throughout Scripture. Um, you see it uh, uh, throughout Scripture that that everything is is moving to a point of a final day, of a final judgment day. And uh, we see as far back even uh, uh, Jim is is Daniel uh, uh, in the Old Testament even. Uh, that discusses this day. In fact, I was going to look at this little passage real quick. Uh, in Daniel twelve two, it says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And in fact, in that first uh, verse there of Daniel chapter 12, it says, And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been seen uh, since there was a nation till that time, and so even as far back as Daniel, uh, God has spoken to His people, saying, "There's a day coming where the wicked and the righteous shall be judged." And so it's something that shouldn't take us by surprise. It's not something that uh, we're going to to make it to that day, and and it's going to be a shocker that it's coming. I believe, Jim, that through evangelistic uh, opportunity and teaching that most people today have an understanding that there's a day of reckoning coming. And are we prepared for that day? That's so true, Nat. And it's interesting that even Bible prophets like Daniel, through inspiration, saw this and and wrote about it. And and it's not something new to the Bible. Now, it may be new to our listeners. It may be something that you've never thought about. Uh, we go throughout our daily routine, and we think, well, every day is going to be the same as the next day. But we're not guaranteed another day. No. There is a great day coming. Uh, the Bible has abundantly made that clear. You and I have studied that from a number of verses in our previous studies, and it's very clear that uh, there is a day coming, and the Bible speaks of it, though the Bible does not tell us when it is. Now, the important thing about John 5 that, that you read, verse 28 and 29, yep. notice who's going to come from the, right. the grave. All are going to come. Yep. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. Yep. And so no one's going to be left out. Everyone's going to be resurrected from the dead. And he makes it clear here, verse 29, and come out. They're going to come out of the tombs. Yep. He's talking about a great day of general resurrection in which all the dead will be raised. Uh, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those that have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. And so you really don't have a choice in this matter. No. Everybody's going to be raised from the dead. Now, the only choice you have in this matter is how you live your life, which will determine whether you're raised uh, to everlasting life or raised to everlasting condemnation. He says here, uh, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, in that matter, we have a choice. We have a choice as to how we will live our lives and how our destiny eternally will be. 
But no one has a choice with regard to this great day of resurrection. Everybody's going to face it, and everybody's going to be raised from the dead. Yeah. Doesn't matter where the where you are. In fact, that might be a good passage for us to read. Nat is Revelation chapter twenty and verse thirteen. Absolutely. And it doesn't really matter whether you're in the tomb or whether you're in the sea. Uh, the Bible says that the souls of those that are departed will be raised from the dead on that great resurrection day. And that's a certainty. That's going to happen. And it's one of the great events that uh, will take place on this great day. Nat, if you sure. would, if you have that passage for us, read Revelation 20 and verse 13. Absolutely. Uh, and the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. Okay. So we see three sections here. We see the sea. We see the Hadean realm, uh, both of uh, those of that have gone on uh, to the good the good side and those who have gone on to the to the bad. It, uh, I see the great power here, Jim, that, that God is able to call back, his son is able to call back all those throughout the ages, Jim, uh, who have died from, like you said, from the tombs? You're not going to have a choice. It's uh, when when we're called from those tombs. It's not that you're going to have any choice. It, you'll you'll come forth just as Lazarus came forth. Yes. You're going to come forth from that tomb when you when that judgment day comes and we're called. And and what power is it that God has to be able to call to life uh, to bring back for judgment those who have been dead some thousands and thousands of years that's so true so true it uh it doesn't matter where you die no, in the, uh, you know it, as a revelation at sea or earth, yeah. yeah either sea or earth uh, the soul of the individual is going to be raised that's right. and you know we often think well death is the end of it death yeah. is the final uh moment but it's not no. uh, the soul continues to live on after this life and it lives on in as you read there in that Hadean world. Yeah. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 13, a very interesting and a very powerful passage. Now, there's a lot of apocalyptic-type literature. In fact, the book of Revelation may be described as a, uh, an apocalyptic-type book, uh, very symbolic, highly symbolic, but I don't see any symbolism involved in this passage. I think it's going to be just like the writer John, by inspiration, said it would be. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And that's how it's going to be. The point that we're making is it's a great day. There's going to be a great day coming. It's not here yet. It could be here at any moment, as far as I know, or as far as anyone else knows. But it hasn't come yet. But it is going to come. And it's going to be a great day for a number of reasons. And one of the reasons is all will be raised from the dead. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you died or how you died. Everyone is going to be raised from the dead unless you happen to be alive at the time of the second coming. But everyone who has died, it is appointed unto man once to die, Hebrews 9 and 27. And so all that are dead will be raised and no one will will escape this great day of resurrection. So another passage, Nat, we might spend a few moments on while we're talking about it, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it also um, uh, talks about this matter. And and uh, it's a, a few more verses here, but I think it's well worth our, our reading and our studying. And it gives us a lot of help in understanding how things will be changed, how 
everything will be changed on that great day of resurrection. So I'm going to ask uh, you and ask our viewers to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm looking at verse 50, starting at verse 50 and going on through verse 58, that last rather large uh, paragraph there to that chapter. Let's go ahead and read that and make a few comments. Absolutely. You know, this, uh, Jim, it's it's a beautiful passage. Uh, When you look at, uh, other than um, really the revelation by John, this is probably the most uh, descriptive um, passage we have about that day and about what it's going to look like, what it's going to sound like, and and it's really beautiful uh, how Paul uh, writes to these Corinthian brethren about what is what they have to wait uh, wait for, and it's going to uh, be a beautiful thing. So let's let's read this together. Um, my title here is on the the top of it says mystery and victory is the the and it definitely uh that that titles it well but look let's look at this passage in verse uh first corinthians fifteen fifty. i tell you this brothers flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable behold i tell you a mystery i love this passage we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You know, Jim, how many times have we used this passage uh, in a a Christian's funeral? Because it is such a passage of hope it is such a passage of uh if this doesn't make you long to stay steadfast and movable uh what we have to look forward uh, to this passage is it just uh, tells you the beauty that that is waiting for us but the things i notice really um you know this change that's going to take place mm-hmm. uh in the twinkling of an eye yeah. Yeah. you know it I've often wondered how's this thing going to look. You know, you've got these these uh, souls rising, but but in a twinkling, those who live that are living, those who have died, mm-hmm. it, there's going to be a changing. There's going to be a changing of the body. There's going to be a changing of of uh, what we look like. You know, I don't know. I've never heard anyone be able to exclaim what this new body is going to look like, what it's going to be like, but it's going to be imperishable. It's going to be something that cannot be spoiled. Time will not have a uh, hold of it, and it'll be something that can last through the eternity. Uh, and so we're going to put on uh, immortality in that day as, as well. Um, you know, And all this is going to happen, from what I read, just like the snap of a finger, the blink of an eye, the, the, everything as we know it's going to be changed at that trumpet sound. And, and uh, it's something... In verse 58, to be steadfast about, immovable. 
you know, what he's telling these brethren is you continue to be faithful so that you can take part of this great judgment and, and, and be with the Lord forever. That is so true, Nat. I, I think, uh, as you mentioned it in 1 Corinthians 15, 15 through 58, it is a passage of comfort, as yes. you were talking about. A lot of times we've read this passage uh, uh, to loved ones yeah. who have suffered the loss of a loved one. Uh, we've read this passage at funerals. That it deserves serious study and consideration because it does give us comfort and it gives us hope yeah. over the fact that there's life after this life. And I think the there are many valuable lessons that come from this paragraph, but it tells us, you know, we are going to be changed. Yep. And I think you're right. I don't know that we could, anyone could say what that new body is going to look like, but we can say, as from the Scripture, that it will be fit for eternity. Yes. This body's not. Verse 50, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit right. the kingdom of God. This body is not fit for eternity. This physical body that we have is going to decay and... Um, is corruptible. Uh, what he means by that is perishable. It, yep. it is destroyed. And that's the point that we're talking about. We're at this passage because we're saying there's a great day coming when the imperishable will be raised and will go on to be with God in eternity. Yes. Uh, and uh, the final victory has been won over the problem of death, yep. death and hell. Uh, the sting of death is sin, verse 56, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a great yeah. victory day coming. Yes. And uh, the resurrection of that imperishable body, uh, a body fit for eternity, uh, that body for the soul uh, that will go on to be with God in eternity. And so we'll be changed on that day. Yeah. And as I said, it's it's a passage that gives us a great deal of comfort and consolation. This is not the end. No. There's a better world over there. There's a better world than this one. And we look forward to it to be with God and to be with Christ and to be with God, the Holy Spirit, and the saints of all ages. Uh, well, let's move forward just a little bit, Nat, and talk a little bit more about this day, this coming day of judgment and the end of time. It'll be a great day, and we've examined a number of reasons why. But it'll be a great day because of the crowd that's going to be assembled there. And uh, no one's going to miss this day. You might miss the appointment here or the appointment there, uh, but nobody's going to miss this appointment. And I'm thinking about Matthew chapter 25. And if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 25 and we ought to read that verse there about verses 31 through 34. And uh, it talks about this. Now, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 25 are very challenging chapters. But I think by the time you get to this particular point, uh, verse 31 of Matthew 25, it's pretty clear what he's talking about. I don't think there's much, uh, uh, much that we can uh, say with regard to that. He's going to be talking about the end of time. Nat, if you would, please um, read Matthew 25, 31 sure. through 34, and we'll make a few comments about that, and we'll discuss what this passage teaches us about that great day that is to come. Sure. Uh, Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, 
and he will separate people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You know, you look at this passage and, of course, you see, again, the angels represented here and the angels and all uh, all the glory of the Son of Man. And then you see that in on this glorious day, Jesus will be sitting on his throne and before him um, all nations. And then, you know, that word all is important there. Every nation, every person of every nation that has ever been born um, is going to be there at that judgment. And that day he will separate them. Just as a shepherd separates the flocks, uh, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And he's going to put the sheep on his right hand, which is representative of righteousness. And the goats on the left, which... Uh, is representative of the wickedness of this world. And the king will bless the righteous. And he will tell them in verse 34 to inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And that's something here also. This is the final judgment. But we have to understand in verse 34 that this was set from the foundation of the world. This appointment, this day in the mind of God was prepared in the fa- in the foundation of the world. When he was uh, founding the world, when he was laying the foundation of the world, this day was in the mind of God. This day of reckoning, this day of judgment, this day that he could bless his people. And what a great day it will be if you're a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a goat, uh, you know, it's still going to be a great day, but it ain't going to be so good for you. No, that's right. And so... Uh, how do, you know, that's the question for us. We better be uh, looking at our lives, examining our lives, and making sure we're part of the sheepfold. We do not want to be on the left-hand side of this deal. Yeah, it's so true. Notice uh, some aspects about this. We're studying Matthew 25. (sighs) We're beginning in verse 31, as Nat has read it and explained it to us. Uh, We're here because the passage indicates that everyone's going to be there for this great day. No one's going to miss it. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then will he sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another. Well, it's it's got to be a tremendous day. We've called it a great day because all the nations will be there. Now, that means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, That means all that have ever lived. You know who will be there? Adam and Eve will be there yep. on that great day of judgment. Peter, James, and John will be there. But i tell you who else is going to be there. You and I are going to be there. That's right. We're going to be there. And you who are listening to and following along with us in our Bible study, you're going to be there on this great day of judgment. You know, one thing that interests me about this is the work of the angels there. Yep. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels. Now, I wonder how many that will be. Uh, there's no way to count them, I suppose. We see throughout Scripture uh, yeah. that multitudes right. and and, uh, and legions of angels. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think they'd be innumerable, as yeah. you say. Innumerable in their number. And all the angels. 
Turn with me right quick as I think about that. Uh, back to Matthew chapter 13 for a second. Now I'll read a passage right quickly uh, about the angels and what they'll have to do on the day of judgment, yeah. this day that we're talking about. Jesus talked about the parable of the tares, yeah. and that's in Matthew chapter 13. It starts at about verse 36. Uh, sometimes they'll use the more modern word, the weeds. And you'll recall how that uh, a master had his servant sow seed in the field, but yeah. then the enemy came and sowed weed seed in the field. And yeah. when the plants began to grow, the servant said, well, somebody's sown weeds in this field. Should we pluck out the weeds? And he said, no, leave it for, uh, leave it for the harvest. And so Jesus made an application there. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil, he said. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. I'm reading from Matthew 13 and 40 now. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. I've often thought it's just an interesting point that the angels who come at the end of time on this great day of judgment will have a, mer- a mission. They'll have a purpose. That's right. And their purpose will be to gather or winnow away the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. That's right. The righteous from the wicked. And he makes reference to that here. He says, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and it will be the angel's responsibility to do that. You know, when you were talking about that, I was thinking of the passage in Revelation 14 that talks about the angel's responsibility. It said, another angel came out of the temple of heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And then further that voice, it says, and and he told him, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it in the grape winepress. You know, that angel, they, like you said, the angels are going to have their role, their responsibility. And you look at that and you think of angels as being something that is... Um, that they're beautiful and sweet, and they, you know, but they're they're going to have a job of yeah, yeah. of taking out the trash, so to speak, yeah, or taking yeah. out the evil, the wicked of the world. Yeah. And um, you know, anytime you see in Scripture, as we see in this passage, multitudes of angels and, and these great armies of angels, you better take heed. Something great is taking place. The announcement of Christ had a multitude of angels. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we see. It, through scriptures, when great things took place, oftentimes there were multitudes of angels or angels announcing this. Well, this great day is going to have uh, their role of angels as well, and, and it's going to be a sad day for those uh, who are considered weeds in in, uh, yeah. in this life. Absolutely. Well, we are, man, 20, uh, uh, 30 minutes gets by in a hurry, Jim. Yeah, I know it and, does. And uh, we enjoyed this study. I think we're going to spend at least one more study dealing with this uh this great day that is coming. Won't you tune in with us again? We thank you for being with us this half hour.